bedside prayer. God, please set aside everything I think I know about you, God, the steps recovery, the big work book, what's best for me, what's best for others. Especially help me let go of all my old ideas so I can live on your spiritual truth. Heavenly Father, have mercy on me, a sinner. Help me to carry your message today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we, uh, we started the big book over, I can't remember, six or seven months ago, and we got to uh, uh, fifth step, and we covered that in the big book, and I decided that I would cover the steps we took in conjunction with it. And we did step five, improving on the truth. Those are all on the site. And then we did six and seven in the big book, the two paragraphs. And we read a little bit from Drop the Rock. Uh, and now we're on the steps we took on six and seven, which is called Change is the Name of the Game. And I found in my years uh, doing this that this chapter is one of the most powerful and helpful things I've read. It's simple, but it's practical. To me, six and seven are the lost steps. He talks in the beginning of this chapter that it's the pinnacle of the program. In the 12 and 12, they talk about it's the uh, step that separates the men from the boys or the girls from the women. It's the only way you can change is to practice this step. Am I going to practice my character defects? What's the result of that? I got a wristband. I had no power over alcohol, and I was managing my life, and it was pretty miserable. And so we're, we, in four and five, we find the information to use in six and seven every day. And I gave the spiritual checklist cards to a few of the people who are newer here. The others of you have it either at home. For those listening on the podcast on the site, if you go to uh, Resources of Recovery, it's right there on the site, the spiritual checklist. And the left-hand side is my character defects when I'm in self, and the right-hand side is my character when I'm with God. And the only reason I don't practice God's character is because I choose to separate from him and practice my character. It's that simple. So we are on... Um, page 92, and I think I'll start at the top, and it says, step six is based on the truth. If you want to change, you don't do what you want to do. And that's true, because what I wanted to do got me here. And remember, it's what you, it's your thinking that determines your actions. And we want to give our thinking to God, and then our actions will be in line with God's will. And if my thinking is self-centered, then my actions are going to reflect that. And if I'm in self, then my character defects that I don't want to practice, I'm going to practice. And if you don't do what you want to do, you can slay the old idea with inaction. And he talks about, Paul says in uh, 1 Corinthians, successful living means daily dying. And I wrote to self. And uh, he says, uh, many people assume that's physical death, but I believe it means dying in certain areas of our lives. Remember, six and seven is drop the rock. What am I holding around each day that's blocking me from God? What am I holding around each minute that's blocking me from 
uh, causing conflict with me and myself and God and others. And it could be different things each day. And I, I want to slay my bondage to self, right? And I can't do that if I keep practicing my self-centered character. God only changes me if uh, I give him my consent and permission. If we don't want to let go of something, God's not going to take it away. Anybody notice that? If you're in resentment, God's not going to come and zap you and say, okay, come on, let's go, stop it. No, no. And the real problem is that most people cling to what they are, even though they don't like it. And I don't think they even realize they're doing it. People in AA, the reason people don't make it is they can't see that they're the problem and that their plan is never going to work and that they make decisions out of themselves that cause them harm. And they can't see that unless they're willing to change and willing to go to any length to change, nothing's going to happen. Now they come in and I've noticed they're very desperate in the beginning and they really want to change. But give them a few days and a lot of them get a little less desperate. It's so sad. Or I could see that their lives are a complete mess. I mean, it's, it doesn't take a MD degree. But they can't see it. They still are holding on to stuff. And the reason I know they are because they don't want to do any work to change. And they have resistance. And so uh, what makes you want to do six and seven? Pain. You don't like it the way you feel. You're disturbed. You're anxious. You're fearful. You're upset, and uh, you don't want to feel that way. I don't want to feel that way anymore. Now, when I felt that way before, I thought it was their fault. Anybody else do that? Now, I, it's all me. It's all me. I don't have to. I don't have to react that way. So he says, uh, "How do you get a new car?" So they say, some people you look in the newspaper, you go to dealership. <laughs> the first thing you have to do is give up on the old car. If you're not going to give up on the old car, you're going to still have the old one. Uh, you could say, I'm going to put new tires on or whatever, but you'll still have the old car. And somewhere you say, I'm through with this car, and then you're on the road to a new car. And I have to say that way, I'm through being sick and tired. I'm through of being uh, full of resentment and fear and shame and guilt, and I don't want to do that way. So we have to give up in certain areas, and uh, areas of my life, my character defects are different areas all day long. Now one way to look at it is if you're upset and you don't know what character defect it is, just assume that you're on the wrong side of the car and you say to God, God, I'm seeing this wrong. Help me see it differently. Help me react differently. It's that simple. And it says, um, as soon as we stop doing the things we want to do, we force ourselves to do the things we don't want to do. We're on page 92, by the way. Everybody knows that. Right? We're giving you a handout. Um, we force ourselves to do the things we get benefits from news, doing differently. And that's what I've learned. I get different benefits from acting and reacting and thinking differently. And then when I do that, I keep wanting to do it. 
and they bring in better returns and then it becomes part of my personality. So it says over a short time we find ourselves noticing these new ideas becoming a part of our personalities. The old attitudes we used to act out will become less and less. Like I used to love the gossip. Now I don't. I get upset when I get drawn into gossip. Now it's easy to draw me into it, don't get me wrong. But I don't like it because it's not the way God wants me to be. And then I'm just talking about people to build self-esteem. And they're just, they're just spiritually ill just like me and we're all God's kids and come on Michael. And so um, um, I used to like the judge because I'm very good at it. I know what's wrong with everybody in this room, I can tell you. And we think it's funny, but if you're an alcoholic, you're good at it. But it doesn't help me. It separates me from God. And I don't want to do that anymore, so I have to watch for that all the time. And then I have to say, oh, judging again, how can I be considerate? How can I be tolerant? Because my judging them doesn't affect them. It affects me. <laughs> It bothers, it makes me feel bad. They don't care. They don't even know half the time. And so that, that's how this is kind of working. I hope this makes sense. And it says, um, once we have a different stock and trade at the top of 93, we'll be getting different things back. Now remember, we look in our four-step at the things in our stock and trade that we want to get rid of that's blocking us from God. And so I know that when I'm, my thinking, when I'm impatient, intolerant, <coughs> resentful, fearful, um, self-pity, greed, all those things, I'm blocking God. I can't be with God and be in hateful. I can't be with God and be fearful. It can't work. It's one or the other. And remember that important question on page 50, <coughs> three of the big book, it says, when crushed by an self-imposed crisis, we became alcoholic. And I had to face the question that either God is everything or nothing. What is my choice to be? So when I'm actually six and seven is where I'm choosing me running the world and not God. And when I'm choosing me running the world, then uh, I don't feel good. Um, once you make yourself do those things that aren't easy or attractive, you will begin to see the rewards. But you can't receive the rewards unless you do it. That's why this is an action step. And I have to practice God's character and stop practicing mine. And the more I practice God's character, the better I feel. But I can't practice God's character without God's help and when I'm in self. I have to say, God, please help me let go of myself and my character defects so I can be the person you want me to be. You can word it any you want, but as long as you get the right idea. And it says, uh, many people have great ideas, but those ideas are not really a part of their lives. Great ideas won't help me in AA. Group therapy won't help me personally. Self-analysis won't help me. What I need is to see what I need to let go of. I don't want to know anymore. 
I just want to know what I'm wrong about. I don't know if that makes sense. What am I wrong about right now? And, and I don't want to get any smarter. I want to get less smart. I want to just give it to God and tell him how, how I should be and react. Because when I came in, I thought I was, had a really, was a smart guy and just misunderstood. You know, my motives were good. Nobody gave me credit for my good motives and all that. But I was just selfish and self-centered. And I harmed a lot of people and harmed myself. And anyway, I don't want to do that anymore. So they talk about uh, gossiping. It's hard to avoid. It's part of the 13 steps, I think. It's step 13 is gossiping. And you're afraid that if you did, nobody would talk to you if you don't gossip. So you buy into it and listen, but you realize each time I'm involved in any gossips, that's what it is, is selfishness. Why do people in AA always talk about the people who, quote, went out? Or what they're doing? Well, it's just to build self-esteem. But I'm no different than them. Only by the grace of God am I here and they're out there. And the only reason I, I'm here is I'm trying to take actions to let God run my life, and they're not ready to do that yet. And so when we talk about them like they're somehow bad, that's really sick because I'm an alcoholic. Why am I not drinking today? Because I choose to seek the power that keeps me from drinking. I don't have the power not to drink. They don't have the power, but I'm seeking God and seeking him to work in my life so I don't have to drink today. And once I start taking credit, oh yeah, I'm great, I'm not drinking, look at that, that loser. That's really sick. That's very sick. And we do that all the time in AA. We're trying to be concerned. We're not concerned. It's just gossiping. It's just building self-esteem. Now sometimes you are concerned because you love them and you want to help them and you have to figure out how, to, how you can help them. That's different than your motives are are good and uh, so you give them a call or you try to see if uh, you can help them but he says by it, it, gossip is selfishness by participating I'm saying I'm better than this person is being talked about I'm actually building my ego on somebody else's downfall remember we're all spiritually ill we have taken the first five steps at this point many people make the mistake of turning it over to God and expecting God to apply six and seven to their lives. I've heard people say, well, I, I pray for willingness, and then I pray that God remove all those defects of character blocking my usefulness to you. And then I say amen and go on with my life. Well, that's, that's not what steps in six and seven are all about. We, we, we make the mistake of turning over God and expecting God to apply six and seven to our lives, but these are my steps. God doesn't need to take step, step six and seven. I do. It sounds silly, but God's God, and God will, will fill in the void if I let go of myself. I'm either in self or with God. It's not complicated. One of the, one of the greatest mistakes people make with steps six and seven, he says, is thinking that it's some easy automatic process. We turn it over to God and say, fix me up. Give me the 29.95 special. It's not going to happen. But people say the third step and think that that's going to change their lives. It's just a decision. Three birds are on the tree. One makes a decision to fly south. Where are the birds? 
They're still on the tree. You see, step three decision has to be followed by action and nothing happens. And people say, I turned it over and took it back. I don't know where that came from. They think it sounds good, but that's not step three. Step three is a decision that you're gonna, God's gonna be your director. And then how you're, you're break your self-centeredness so God can direct the steps four through nine and living in 10 and 11. It's a process. Remember, we've been given self-will. Although we can't do it by ourselves, we have to ask for the strength to do it. Only I can refashion my personalities. Now, God, God does it, but I have to do the work to allow him to do it. I don't know if that makes sense. If God controlled the personality, it would never have gotten the shape we let it get in. We all wake up. I don't know about you, but we all wake up self-centered. We're all thinking about ourselves when we wake up and our plans for the day. Well, the big book says, hey, wait a second. Before you go any further, ask God to direct your thinking, divorcing it from selfish desires, self-seeking motives. I have to do that every morning, first thing. Now, I may not last long, but the idea is that God has to do it. And God's going to direct my day in my life. I may have to take certain actions to do his will. But I don't want to run the show and then say, God, help me get uh, whatever I need. It's not, that's not the deal. We can fashion this new personality based on what we've learned. And that's why you have to do steps four and five. And I believe, according to the big book, so you can see exactly what needs to be changed. And we found things objectionable to me. So I begin to work against those things. I found resentment was very objectionable. But resentment was based in my fear. And it was based in my low self-esteem and my excessive pride. And then I was very intolerant and impatient and judgmental. You see how it's all interwoven. So we begin to work against those things. We work against them in replacement, and new things will then become our new character. Now, why do I need a new character? Because I have to have a psychic change to recover from alcoholism. My whole personality has to change. It has to go from self-centered to God-centered. And it's hard to do. And so six and seven is where each day, each minute, you're looking where you're self-centered and stop and say, uh-oh, I got to get God-centered right now because I'm judging and I'm gossiping and I'm intolerant and impatient and, and all those characteristics. And if I stop, then God will replace it. I stop and say, God, help me out here. I'm seeing it wrong. The famous new pair of glasses. All we get in AA is a new pair of glasses. But we have to take the old ones off. And the old glasses are my self-centered glasses. I'm seeing the world. You know, I don't like Cliff, blah, blah, blah. He's a loser, woo, whatever. And I have to say, wait a second, put on the God-centered glasses. Cliff's great. He's just a human being. He's wonderful. You know, stop it, Michael. It's not that hard. But when I came in, I didn't realize I had the wrong glasses on. And today, I know that if I'm disturbed at all, I have the wrong glasses on. Nothing's changed my life more than working the steps, and especially six and seven. <clears throat> and here's the thing that's, uh, it's hard, but 
everything. I'm the only person who could disturb my life. I'm the only person who could ruin my day. I'm the only person who can make myself get upset. Because with God, I can see the situation, then he'll tell me how to react to it in a positive fashion. Isn't that what the serenity prayer is about that we say every meeting? And it says on page 94, we can go anywhere we want to go most of the time based on what we want to give up. And where, I, where do I want to go? I want to go towards peace. I want to be at peace with God, the world, and the people in it. That's all I want. Everybody thinks change is based on what you're going to get. But change has a lot to do with what you're willing to get rid of. And I like this analogy. It's like a hot air balloon that goes up when you throw the sand out. A lot of people don't want to throw the sand out. They want to keep the sand and still grow up, still go up. And, you know, that's dropping the rock. And I think that's what happens to the AA. People come in and they're really miserable. But they don't want to, they don't want to get rid of the sand that's, that's keeping them where they are. They just don't want to do it. And I don't know why. I don't know why. You know how you know if somebody's willing to throw the sand out? You ask them to do something. Make it simple. Call me tomorrow. See if they do it. They call you Wednesday. I say, why didn't you call me yesterday? Well, you know, I was busy and this and that. It's, you know, it's not that complicated. You give them something to read. Do they read it or not? No, no, you know, I'm, I'm a busy guy. Well, you're in a treatment center and you got DUI hanging over you. Your wife, le wife left you. Your kids won't talk to you, but you're too busy to read five pages. It sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? But that's a disease. And so we, we need to be able to break it down to the point where we're willing to do six and seven all the time and you actually see what we need to do. And so, remember we're discovering the principles of living. I like this. The universal and unchanging. Life is based on the principles. All the great religions teach the principles. There's a great similarity regardless of where we see them, in one group or the other. There's a great oneness in the principle of living. Behind everything is a principle. And we're created with a set of principles. That's the way to live. You can find in many great books, all the great religions, any 12-step program. It's in scripture. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's not, that's not that complicated. Have mercy on others. Love Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind, not yourself. We look at the 12 sets as just simple principles without a lot of instructions. And my buddy Norm isn't here today, but you all know big Norm. He always said that the, the Bible tells us how we should be, and the big book tells us how to be that person. I believe that. Remember the steps were written by uh, Christians trying to practice first century Christianity in the Oxford group. So how they could grow in a relationship with their creator and they could change their personalities. And then AA uh, said that would be really helpful. They started the Oxford group, they broke away and made AA, but they expanded the six steps of the Oxford group to the 12 steps. AA didn't discover the steps. AA didn't 
uh, actually think of every anything. Uh, they stole everything from other other programs, other sources. But they were able to put it together with the help of God. So the whole process from now on, it says, is change. You must be open, willing, and you must see the power of change. I must be open to change. I must be willing to change. And I must see the power, and I wrote need. I must see the need to change. And then I see the power of change when I do it. To me, God does for me what I can't do for myself when I'm waiting in line, and I used to get a little impatient or intolerant, and I just say, wow, you know, nice store. <laughs> you get it? Uh, I, I don't get road rage. I cause it, my wife says. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it could be road rage. It could be anything. Uh, you know, we, we get, we don't have to, we don't have to practice these, this negative character. And we can see the frustrations brought into our lives. We have, I've learned that the key to changing a situation is to change myself and my reaction. And remember it talks about in the big book, we are, we're in a position of neutrality towards alcohol and we're not in conflict with everybody or anything if we're in fit spiritual condition. So six and seven is looking at all the time when I'm not in fit spiritual condition and how I have to stop and pause and ask God for the right thought or action and get into fit spiritual relationship with Him. And that's from page 87 88. At the end of the instructions on how to work the steps, it says, when agitated or doubtful, we pause. We ask for the right thought or action. We're no longer running the show. And so, uh, do I pause or not? Do I get, the pause is to allow God to come in. I don't want to react to something right now. I'm a little disturbed. Pause. Anybody send a text when you're upset? I've got some. some. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I say, wow, they're having a bad day. And uh, we don't want to do that anymore. And our society has made it very easy to practice negative personality through social media and text and, and this, this way we react with each other. The best way to change things out there is to change ourselves. And that's a key. When I came here, I thought if I could change out there, I would feel okay. I thought if I could just manage the world well, then uh, I, I would have happiness and satisfaction. I think I started that probably when I was five or six. And it never worked. It never worked. And I might manage well for a little while, but then it, it wouldn't work the next day. I don't want to change out there. I want to change in here. I want to change the way I react out there. Somebody called me last night. They, they was in a relationship. It, 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 it wasn't working anymore. And, and uh, um, we talked about it. And I said, well, you can't change her. And you can only change the way you react to this. And, Maybe this is an opportunity for you. Say the serenity prayer. Learn how to see it differently. And uh, the more I try to change like Patty, the worse it becomes. Uh, I don't try anymore, but sometimes I forget. You know, and I'll suggest like a show she should watch. Or, you know, I'll ask her if she's 
turn the oven on to get ready. You know, it's, just, it's, it's so silly. And uh, so I have to change the way I react. And that's worked really well at home. It's called keep your mouth shut. You know, I don't have to respond to everything. Just keep, you know, it's okay. It's okay. Just keep my mouth shut. That doesn't mean she's wrong and I'm right. It's just I don't, I don't want to react to something with, unless I'm with God. So keep my mouth shut. Get to God. What should I say? So a lot of times it's God will say, don't say anything. Or I want to say something to her. And God will say, no, you don't want to bring that up. No. No. Go downstairs. Now, it's I mean, it's true. God will say, no, you don't want to say that. Now, years ago, it would never occur to me. But now, it's I have God talking to me and says, no, you don't want to say that. It's not like I'm saying something horrible, but I might be bringing up something about how our daughter or something, our daughter, and how she's not, no, keep your mouth shut. It's not, not necessary right now. And then I remember that that great speaker, he says, is it kind, necessary, or true? If it's not kind, necessary, or true, don't say it. You'd be surprised how much less you talk. It's, it's not silly. I mean, you'd be surprised how much, how much better your relationships go. Kind, necessary, and true. And then he said something else. If I'm not bringing, I have to bring love into every situation. If I'm not bringing love, God, into every situation, I'm bringing me and then I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get uh, out of it what I should. If I bring hate into a situation, what's going to happen? You see, and so that really made sense. And we change our reactions, and we are free. And ironically, by doing so, we may produce some changes out there. And that actually, what, what, what you find is as you change yourself in the way you react, people appear better they, they're they're actually they seem better but they haven't changed at all and in that famous uh, uh, chapter acceptance is the answer he says would he stop being so critical of his wife and being so uh, uh, impossible and started working the steps she actually started looking better and then he realized she was better the whole time he was just bringing her down in his mind by focusing on the negative and not the positive. I think I'm going to stop there. That's 30 minutes. That's enough for you.